This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station, News Radio 1059. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Tuesday afternoon, May 16th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour as Education Week continues. I'm Rob Hart. Scams that use artificial intelligence to clone voices are on the rise. We'll learn more in our next segment. But right now, the latest numbers on retail sales are out, and they are smaller than expected. Plus, a leading retailer is shifting its focus to a particular segment of its business. We're joined by Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Retail sales, uh, they are up, but less than expected, and it's an interesting perspective when you adjust everything for inflation. And then Home Depot also saying that uh, that softer earnings and uh, changing their guidance for the year. And it all paints a picture, Jennifer, of a consumer that is very price-sensitive and uh, they're looking for bargains, and they will go for the store brand because they're they're just sick and tired of inflation. Well, you got that right, Rob. I mean, you know, surprise, surprise, inflation is is catching up with consumer spending. We knew that was going to happen, and it probably can get worse before it gets better. A lot of the increase we saw in uh, retail sales this week or this month was mainly prices were higher, not necessarily volume. So that's something, you know, to really keep in mind because, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I go to the grocery store or I go out to dinner or I even, you know, go to buy clothes or something, and I look at what the cost is, and I'm blown away sometimes. I mean, the sticker shock is just crazy. And, you know, and that's obviously keeping me from spending more. And um, obviously, you probably shortchanged your wife on Mother's Day, considering, you know, the spending was down, Rob. <laughs> you, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's not shortchanging, uh, not shortchanging her for Mother's Day. But uh, uh, we actually have a vacation coming up later this week because we had to spend wow. a $50 flight credit from United. And uh, that vacation is what vacations cost these days, minus $50. Yes. And that, I mean, and you're going to feel that too when you're out, when you're out going out to eat or renting a car or doing whatever, you're going to see those prices are a lot higher now than they were a year ago, certainly three and four years ago. So I think we're going to see a lot of that happen. I mean, you look at the Home Depot sales, which was a huge bummer today and had a, is, is really the biggest drawdown on the Dow today because it's such a heavily weighted stock. But, you know, that's that's a really pullback in spending on homes and such. And we, we you really could have expected that to happen at some point for a number of reasons. One, we all spent a lot of money on our homes during COVID and directly afterwards. Two, we still have a labor issue here in terms of getting things done. You know, product is and supply is a little bit better, but 
you know, you can really tell that this kind of stuff is really starting to impact us. And, you know, we still hear a lot of talk about recession and when, you know, if it's already started and if not, when it might start. And I heard a bunch of stuff this morning about, you know, maybe the first quarter of next year, maybe the second quarter, maybe before the year is out. But what we're seeing right now are people are pulling back spending because prices are high. And then uh, very quickly, Jennifer, uh, one big retailer that's uh, kind of pivoting to reflect that reality is Target that says, you know, if maybe you're mm-hmm. not uh, spending on other things during your Target run, but you're definitely buying groceries and they say, uh, uh, let's be top of mind. Yeah, you know, Target has been kind of hit or miss on the grocery business for quite a few years, um, actually. And they've had they've, they've had a tuple, couple tough quarters, too. Their inventory issues are, are out of control and such. And so, but the grocery piece, it's, it's becoming a big piece of, like, you look at, like, Walmart's grocery piece. Obviously, Amazon's got a lot of grocery stuff going on, and it's continuing to increase its grocery presence. We've got Kroger and Albertson trying to, you know, do a merger so that they can have a bigger footprint um, and more buying power as a big conglomerate grocery store. So groceries are a huge, huge piece of the retail picture right now. And because um, food and grocery food prices are so sensitive to so much out there in terms of inflation and such, they tend to be very volatile. Target really needs to really, really needs to focus on its grocery and giving their consumers what they want. And that's part of what they found out is that they were just missing the mark with consumers. Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer, thank you for joining us today. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. News Radio 1059 WBBM. And coming up next at Education Week, strategies to help track down financial aid for college. Cloning technology and artificial intelligence fueling the voice uh, growth of voice scams. Let's get the latest now from Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago. Jerry, thank you for joining us today. You know, at first blush, this sounds like something out of Terminator 2, uh, where a voice impersonator is on the phone with the main characters, but this is very real now, thanks to AI. And what are some examples of voice cloning? Well, it's it's really more than just cloning. They they copy and actually create. It can even create the same voice image if you have a, a oscilloscope, where it uh, it appears that it is actually the the, the person that's doing it. So it's very uh, very technical in its manner. And uh, there are people that are uh, having this, you know, for spam accounts. There are, uh, you know, uh, hoaxes where they're trying to get money from uh, parents or grandparents for their kids. Uh, there's also situations where they're, they're trying to use voice-activated security options uh, to get into people's accounts. And this is simply a matter of uh, they find available voice samples on the Internet and then use a second or a fraction of a second of information to create this copy? That's it exactly. And they can create, as long as they get a, a number of vowels and consonants uh, that a person uses, they can create a, a whole uh, conversation that sounds exactly like the uh, individual 
that uh, they're they're spoofing. And and, and what is uh, you know how, how do these scams work? I mean, for I mean, how much homework do they do? I mean, for example, uh, if they have a, a, a vocal sample from a child, and then uh, the scammer posing as your child calls and says, "I'm stranded in some foreign country. I need you to wire money to me right away." And you just got off the phone with that child, and they were at swimming practice. Uh, scam is over. Do, do they really right. know where your kids are when they try to pull this off? No, not not always, but because of social media, it's becoming easier and easier for to, for them because what they can do is they can look and see on, on individuals' Facebook accounts or Twitter or whatever uh, that they are, you know, over in Mexico or they're, you know, in out of even out of state, that they're visiting friends out of state. And as a result, they're able to get that information. They're also able to get some personally identifiable information because people are so lax in the amount of data that they put on on the the uh, social media. So they'll get you know parents' names, home address, phone numbers, uh, and, and schools that they went to. So they have all kinds of information that really make it seem legitimate. So if you are uh, trying, if you want to avoid becoming a victim of this type of scam, do you have to, uh, if you have college-age kids and they have a lot of stuff on social media, do you come up with some sort of like passcode or phrase or easily identifiable uh, 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 trivia question to ask this person to suss out whether or not they're the real deal? And, and that is exactly the recommendation, you know, much like when we were children and people would say, you know, if somebody ever says they're picking you up because of me. What is our secret word? Right. Uh, so a, a passphrase, a secret word, uh, you know, even as easy as hanging up and calling them back on their own cell uh, that, you know, that could solve the issue. Uh, so, you know, you have to be smarter than the hacker. And these guys are putting a lot of time and effort into it, and we're just getting stuck with it all of a sudden. So it's it's very difficult to uh, to protect yourself. Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions, member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Education Week continues next with strategies to help track down financial aid for college. College admissions, college costs, and more. This is Education Week on the Noon Business Hour. News Radio 1059 WBBM. Here's Rob Hart. And Education Week is sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. Education Week continues. And of course, uh, financial aid is vital to most college students, but it can be a very difficult road to navigate. Let's get some direction from Sue, Schw- Sue Swisher, Executive Director of Financial Aid at St. Xavier University on the southwest side of Chicago, 103rd Street. Sue, thank you for joining us today. And the, the notion of paying for college is something that keeps a lot of parents up at night, and you don't even have to have a college-age student uh, to wake up in a cold sweat thinking about it. I mean, my oldest is nine years old, and already I'm doing some uh, math in my head. You know, how do we make this work? And and, and it sounds like uh, the earlier the better when it comes to doing your homework uh, to find out about the financial aid options available to you. Yes, that is correct. So what the main thing is that all students need to fill out that financial aid uh, form, the FAFSA. Uh, typically, it comes out in October of the year preceding um, the year that you're going to go to school. So it's important to 
make sure you get that application filed, filed because that can open up your the opportunity for federal grants, state grants, institutional scholarships and grants as well. So um, we do encourage that. And what is the difference between uh, grants that would be, you find out you're eligible for via your FAFSA form and uh, taking on student debt? Because I think that's a, a concern that a lot of people have, both parents and students alike. You know, how much of a student debt tab am I going to have when I graduate? Right. And, and the um, in terms of the grants, grants are typically... All grants are uh, money that you receive that do not have to be paid back, and you want to look at that first. And then there's scholarships. The school institutions may be giving out academic scholarships, athletic scholarships. So you have that coming in as well. Um, then the next step is, okay, now I need to figure out what it's going to cost to go to a specific school, look at what those uh, scholarship and grant amounts are, and then make that determination of whether or not you you want to take out student loans. Perhaps you don't want to take out student loans, and you can figure out how to make it work using a payment plan or something of that nature or working to offset those costs. But the financial aid offices, typically, they'll start sending out offer letters after that FAFSA comes in to let the families and the student know exactly what type of eligibility they'll have what type of out-of-pocket costs they have so that the families can then make that decision in terms of whether or not they want to take on that student loan debt. And then very quickly, Sue, uh, was one piece of advice that we've been talking about on the show over the course of the year is the possibility of uh, negotiating uh, some financial aid package from a school. And uh, does that work with you if uh, mom or dad uh, unleashes their uh, inner Jerry Maguire to uh, get the best financial aid deal for their student? Oh, we'll always take a look at it and see if there's anything that we can do to help them out. If if we're where they want to, they want to attend. Well, definitely, we'll take a look at what the, what they're getting, and then um, sometimes there are some cases for that for an appeal where we can take a look at maybe this particular student, you know, could receive additional scholarship money from us so that they're able to enroll. Sue Swisher, Executive Director of Financial Aid at St. Xavier University on the Southwest Side. Thank you for joining us today. Still had an education week, making the most of a campus visit by including the family. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A shooting has caused the closing of all inbound lanes of a Chicago expressway. Top tech executives are questioned about the explosion of artificial intelligence and its potential misuse. Education Week continues, turning a college visit into a family affair. And the combination of dining and dogs is not one that everyone embraces. WBBM Business.
this. The markets are mixed right now. The Dow is down 236 points. The Nasdaq is up 17. And the S&P 500 is down 13. 74 degrees right now in Chicago under mostly sunny skies at 1231. We have breaking news right now. A midday problem, a major midday problem for drivers heading into the city from the west side and western suburbs. Let's get the latest now from Neil Fiorito in the WBBM Traffic Center. Rob, at around 11.50 this morning, we got word of someone that shot into another vehicle. This is on the inbound side of the Eisenhower near Cicero, and it turns out the two victims were transported to an area hospital in serious condition. So the inbound side of 290 is shut down between Austin and Central. If you're stuck in the traffic near the area, the left lane is getting by for right now. Stay with us for the latest. Neil Fiorito, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. And we will have traffic coming up at 1238. The Senate Judiciary Committee is holding its first in a series of hearings on how to regulate emerging artificial intelligence technology. Sam Altman is the CEO of OpenAI, which created the popular chatbot ChatGPT. As this technology advances, we understand that people are anxious about how it could change the way we live. We are too. But we believe that we can and must work together to identify and manage the potential downsides so that we can all enjoy the tremendous upsides. Altman is proposing the formation of a U.S. or global agency that would license the most powerful AI systems and have the power to take that license away if warranted. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed today. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Mike, thanks for joining us once again today. How much of this sell-off in the Dow is Home Depot-related and how much is anxiety over the debt ceiling negotiations. Oh, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks again for having me on. You know, I'm not a, a big believer in the debt ceiling being, uh, I think it's more show, and it ends up getting resolved. I think markets are pretty wise to that. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit more the, uh, some of the news on the health of the consumer that came out from uh, the CEO of Home Depot and, and their earnings, uh, um, well, their earnings hit, but their revenues were down and their same-store sales were, were actually very, very poor. So it showed that, uh, you know, consumer discretionary spending is going to be a challenging for the second half of this year. Uh, and, um, you know, that, that, that paints a bad picture for, uh, for how this market might perform in the second half. I guess if you're bearish, you know, you, you want to look at any sign that this is, this is it. The, the recession we've been predicting for two years is finally here. But at the same time, we look at Home Depot, which is uh, it's interest rate sensitive, it's consumer spending sensitive, and it's being hit by a number of cross currents from a consumer that clearly is more price sensitive, and they are looking for deals right now, versus some things that are very industry specific, like the collapse in lumber prices. Yeah, I mean, it, Home Depot is a, a it's a harbinger of, of the consumer, but it is in a specific space, and, and that is getting hurt more more so than most other sectors. So, as you said, just rates alone affect you know the amount of activity and that's in, in, in with their with their customers. Uh, you know, it just just uh, there's just not as much stuff being done in the housing sector as there would be if. if rates were much lower. So you, you've, you know, you've got that playing. And, and so that's, that's why the market's only down a little bit here. And the stock is down only a couple percent itself. Because we've had, we had a couple other reports that came out that were more macro. Um, you know, home builder sentiment came in a little bit stronger than expected. So there, there's, 
you know, there's definitely some 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 conflicting news today, and that's why you've got a kind of a, a market that that's that doesn't really. It's a directionless market, and and uh, you got the Dow down, but you got uh, tech stocks up. So, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen in a day like today, and we're going to have to see uh, as we go to the second half. Um, whether the consumer can hang in there. There's a lot of people predicting recession. We're not one of them, but that's what we're going to have to watch out for in the second half here as we as we move to it. And then very quickly, uh, since the late summer and fall of 2021, when inflation really took off, uh, there have been numerous reports that just said that the consumer is spending through it, whether it's goods inflation or services inflation. Uh, they, they, they want to leave that pandemic life behind and, and enjoy themselves with things or places. Are we now in a situation where the consumer is saying, all right, enough, I'm done, I don't want to spend any more, and you, business community, have to respond to that fact? Well, we're going to, and that's why I say we're going to see in the second half, because they are spending some out of savings. And whenever that happens, you, you have only so much that they'll do, and then that'll be it. So what, second half, will they continue to dip in the savings? Will inflation continue to be a factor? Uh, even if we have very little inflation, the damage is already a lot of it's done. So prices are already just high um, across the board, whether it's food or, or vacations or whatever. So you know, can the consumer continue to dip in the savings? Will they be willing to in the second half? And if that, we're gonna, we are probably headed for uh, a recession. But yeah, you know, I, I feel like we're going, we're going to have. A, if it, if it is a recession, it'll be a light one, and you know, it, it might take a while because you know, consumers are hurting. And and again, it, until uh, until they can get their their balance sheets in order, they're dipping in the savings right now. It's hard to believe this is going to continue. Uh, you know, ad finitum. So we'll see. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Education Week, taking a college campus visit to the next level. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, where college admissions and affordability collide. Here's Rob Hart on News Radio 1059 WBBM. This is Education Week on the Noon Business Hour. It's also a Travel Tuesday, so why not uh, combine uh, two great tastes when we talk about uh, turning a vacation into an opportunity to visit a college campus? Let's learn more from Cindy Richards, editor in chief of SheBuysTravel.com, based in Chicago. And and in my mind, Cindy, this was the most fun part of the college application process was it was an opportunity to uh, go visit some college campuses and some of which were on the West Coast. And that was a, a really cool memory, even if I didn't go there. So uh, is this still a practice that a lot of families do as they incorporate uh, uh, college visits into a family vacation opportunity? Absolutely. And I think it's the app absolute right way to do it because for a couple reasons one you want it to be fun so vacation is more fun and then you you slip in a um, college visitor to while you're in the neighborhood but secondly and I think as the mom of more than one kid is equally important you can take the siblings to the college visit as well and you don't have to go and do it that same college again when the younger kids are ready to go. And then it, what's what's kind of a good rule of thumb when it comes to uh, mapping out a college campus visit? Because in my experience, it was one trip, one school. There was, you went to Washington to go see Georgetown. We went to St. Louis to see Wash U. And then we flew out to Los Angeles to see the University of Southern California. And when it was all said and done, I went to Marquette, which is a two-hour drive away <laughs> from Chicago. And uh, 
if if you want to do if fly somewhere, is, does it make sense to uh, schedule maybe two or three campus visits to get the most bang for your buck? Yes, I think. Well, I think the, what you want to do when you're starting out is you want to look at different kinds of schools. So plan. I would start with a road trip, frankly. So plan a road trip where you're going to look at a small private school, a sort of a mid-sized school, and then a big school like the University of Illinois. So you can get a feel for the kind of campus each one is going to be. That will help your child narrow down. Are they a big school kid or a small school kid? Then once you know that, you can figure out what specific school in that you know, that type of university your child would want to attend. And maybe it is Wash U. So you go to St. Louis and then you look around that area and see what other schools are there that you can look at. Um, you, you want to be really careful, though, because you don't want this to turn into the Baton Death March so that you're doing one school in the morning, another in the afternoon, and then the next day two more and then two more. And then by the end of it, you're like, wait, was that the school I liked or not? Right. Yeah. All, 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 really all, the, all, all the quads just blend together uh, if you exactly. go you know, two or three different uh, campus visits on one vacation. And then you mentioned uh, bringing the siblings along just so uh, you don't have to do it again uh, when their time comes. But let's say you do have a sibling who's uh, 10, 11, 12 years old. How do you keep them engaged? And when, when you're talking about college visits and class opportunities, you know, some things that may just fly over the head of a sixth grader absolutely if they're that young then it's a little bit different um then i think you make the college visit a part of a family vacation so that there are things you're doing that the um sixth grader is enjoying on wednesday and then on thursday you're doing something that the 17 year old wants to and needs to do so that it's a little more fair and it's a little more fun for everybody Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Join us tomorrow for more of Education Week when we'll discuss technology careers and negotiating college tuition. And still to come, bringing a dog to dinner. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. News Radio 1059 WBBM. Outdoor dining season in Chicago can sometimes include an extra guest, the family dog. That doesn't appeal to all restaurant customers. Let's discuss the potential issues with Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality based in Chicago. Doug, thank you for joining us today. And and we're we're having this conversation for a couple of reasons. Uh, one the weather's nicer. It's outdoor patio season, and you might see a couple of dogs uh, enjoying uh, the complimentary water dish that some brunch places uh, put out on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And then we also have a new change in regulations regarding dogs and outdoor dining from the uh, from the CDC or the FDA. Uh, correct. Actually, um, I have both uh, Jasper and Louie next to me if there are any questions that you're going to have for them. Um, because... Um, <laughs> Uh, they are, uh, as it uh, happens, because it, it is um, sort of important for our conversation. Uh, Jasper is a retired service dog, and Louie is a therapy dog uh, who, unfortunately, um, served in Highland Park most recently uh, during Fourth of July. Um, and where I'm going with that is, is that they are highly trained dogs, and um, what you have today is a real myriad of different types of uh, dogs that are coming to different types of venues. And as a result, 
you have some very good experiences and not some great experiences either. And I think that's what's probably causing a lot of the commotion is the problem with um, the dog itself. And it's not the dog as much as it is the owner. And then you, I mean, obviously from a, a restaurant owner's perspective, your dog policy is kind of evolving based on your experiences with your customer base, because uh, some people appreciate the ability to uh, break, you know, go take their dog for a walk and then maybe uh, sit down for a glass of wine or a glass of beer, or maybe have a quick bite of something before moving on. But you do have a lot of dogs in, in some places and, and, and you have a highly trained service dog, but uh, someone may have a rambunctious puppy who gets uh, very excited around other dogs. Uh, you might have uh, dogs that uh, don't know, ex- you know <laughs> who will go to the bathroom uh, at any place or yeah. time inside the eating area. You have customers who could be afraid of dogs, children who are uncomfortable around them. And as a restaurant owner, you got to balance all of these considerations. Really good point. And, and I think, again, it goes upon the owner to understand no differently than your child. Um, and that is know your dog. And if, in fact, if that is what your your dog is and the fact that he does or she does get very excited around other dogs, not a really good idea to bring it to a, to a restaurant. Um, and if you are bringing a, a dog to a restaurant, be cognizant of other people around you. I, I compare it in some ways to the flight that I had yesterday with a kid that was behind me. Um, again, you know, that's uh, the, the situation of the parent's responsibility. And it's your responsibility as the dog owner to make sure that the dog is under the table or that it's not in the way of necessarily the path. I can't tell you how many people, you know, that trip over dogs because they're not necessarily, or let me put it another way, they are in way of, of the guest. And really it is for the purpose of the guest dining and in secondary to having your pet there. And listen, there are dog-friendly restaurants like the Lazy Dog restaurant group, which is all over the country, and they have a specific outdoor patio that is built for dogs, but it's really well thought out. And as a result, you have um, obviously people going with their pets, but you also have to be, as an owner of a restaurant, thinking about how are we going to accommodate dogs as well. Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality in Chicago, joined today by Jasper and Louie. Thank you for your perspective today. You'll find past programs and a podcast at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.